Good morning, podcast listeners. This is The Commute, and that was Terrible Morning Radio. Not that you can expect more from us than you can from the usual commute, but I'm your normal host, Chris Single, filling in today for Michael Zeke, who should be joining us later. I don't know why Mike likes to make a point of uh, me hating you. That's inaccurate. I love each and every one of you as individual, unique, special snowflakes. And just like unique, special snowflakes in the springtime, you don't exist. But that's okay, because we are enjoying a lovely Friday. I'm wearing a hoodie over my normal work clothes. I'm going to pretend that's okay. I am... uh, gonna try to crush it at work today, even though we're cruising in a little bit late, and um, just let it be known that I actually know what I'm talking about. And if I don't know what I'm talking about, I'll, uh, you know, find something else to do. Maybe I'll go uh, get a degree in glass blowing or something. Anyways, this is Friday, April something something on the commute. Uh, it is annoying how I watch all these YouTube videos and I forget the name of it now. I I know all these things, and this is, again, the difference between myself and my wife. I don't know what any of them are called, uh, but I know the plot thinking thing exists. And I've offloaded so much of that memory to Google, where I know I can Google, what's the name of the constant about skipping a third of the way into a YouTube video? It's like Maxwell's constant or something. And it's the same way of uh, everything from plank lengths to plonk, by the way. I believe his name was Max Plonk. Um, so I understand the, the theories, I just have trouble remembering their names. Uh, which is kind of sad, because I feel like scientists should get to name cool stuff. Uh, there's the new, the Alcubierre Drive is our best chance to reach the stars with a warp drive. Although there is now a push for this. I believe we talked last week or two weeks ago about... Facebook is funding a Earth-based laser system that will use the power of the lasers to push objects, point directly at little, essentially solar sails that we launch to space, and rather than using solar wind, they use the push-off of this laser. And what's nice is once you build it on Earth, you can point the laser somewhere else, so you can send a few dozen of these little crafts to... Alpha Centauri or over towards the center of the universe, if there is a center of the universe. Still up for debate. Isn't that interesting? You would expect that with the Big Bang and the cosmic uh, microwave background radiation, you would be able to say, oh, well, it all started from this point. But because the universe is expanding so much and is possibly infinite, how do you pick the center of something that is infinite? Or maybe I totally misunderstand that. That's the other thing. Humans are just doing their best to understand things, and it's a fine line of speaking confidently and not having any idea of what you're talking about. Uh, I tend towards the speaking confidently. It's a trait I learned from my dad, who was a politician and still is a lobbyist, where if you're wrong, you can always say, yeah, I'm human, I'm wrong, well, well, let's figure out the answer together. And I love the John Stuart Mill argument of there's no such thing as a bad argument because... A good argument you can learn and understand and appreciate, and a bad argument you can understand why it's bad. And uh, there's a different term for uh, the stupidest person on the world 
isn't wrong 100% of the time, because that would be a perfectly, uh, almost a Cassandra-type prophecy. You would just ask him, what shouldn't I do? And then you go and do that. Which is, I guess, a little like the George Costanza episode when he uh, starts doing the opposite of everything he normally does. Oh, I'm sorry, I had the air conditioning way up. Oh, you didn't hear all those brilliant thoughts I had because the wind was blowing. That's a metaphor for something. Uh, my thoughts are slightly stronger than a light breeze. That uh, I didn't even notice the breeze, it was so slight. Where George Costanza goes and does the opposite of everything he normally does, and it works out great for him because he might be the dumbest man in the world. But that's not uh, reality. Like, and the inverse is true too with morality. Uh, Hitler loved puppy, puppies and painting, and that just because Hitler liked something doesn't make it wrong, except for the fact that, yes, let's be aware, those things are awful and terrible that he's most commonly known for. Um, and I think people want to think of evil and these monsters as inhuman because it's easier to imagine them as not loving puppies and having families. When you think that an actual human committed these atrocious acts, it's a lot harder to otherize them, to set them aside from yourself. And it makes you realize, maybe I could do that, or maybe I could, you know, follow orders and be a Nazi soldier. And I hope no one does that ever again. I think, uh, and this gets a little into Chris's crazy territory, but I think it's not impossible. It's a near zero, but non-zero chance that this is the best of all possible worlds, whether it's from a quantum causal decision theory type thing, or a time travel from the future type thing, or an anthropic principle type thing. The terrible atrocities of Hitler let us all learn what terrible atrocities look like. And you have to think there was, don't turn left on a red light, dude. You have to think there was some good to come of that. You have to think humanity has improved from those terrible, terrible things, and that we won't repeat it, otherwise it simply was evil and inhuman and will repeat again. Wow, that got real depressing real quick, but I don't think it will. I, my point is, I think, you know, the space race and rockets are a great way to help us get off this planet and ensure our survival as a species. And that's one of Elon Musk's biggest fears, is if we destroy the planet or have a thermonuclear war or a biological agent or even a gray goo type thing, a lot of different ways that um, this planet could end if you have humanity on other planets. Oh, I see what he was doing. If you have humanity on other planets, humanity has a greater chance of survival. So, that being said, we wouldn't have rockets if not for the stolen German soldiers and Von Braun and all that stuff. So, you know, I like to think, and by the way, there's psychology here. It is good for your mental health to look back and have gratitude and understanding and appreciation of how lucky you are and how you got to where you are. Even going back to the millions of sperm that could have been you, and the, oh no, my wife was saying she saw a dog on the highway and there's some roadkill, that's not a dog, okay, we're okay. Um, the millions of sperm that could have been you and the slightly different factors that I don't want you to think about your parents doing it, but any slight change to that would have made you a different person, different genetics, different makeup, different gender maybe, 
different... I don't know how much of intelligence is genetic like that, but some factor, obviously. And just change your entire personality. I mean, possibly more aggressive or timid or... It's interesting. And even from there, all of the life decisions you've made or had put upon you... Think back, and you're, you're alive and you're listening to a podcast, so you have some sort of connection to the internet. I don't know, man. You're doing better than... 90% of the world, and the world is doing better than it's ever done before, so it's a pretty cool time to be alive, and again, this is a Chris's crazy thought, but if I were living in the 30th century, I think this would be one of the time periods I would want to experience in this sort of virtual reality, uh, this cusp of the singularity, this pre-gift economy, this capitalist society where for so long we were struggling to have enough, and now the question is, how do we distribute enough? Because there is finally enough food for the world, there's not enough water, but there's about to be enough energy uh, with the falling cost of solar panels, and... The question is distribution. There's obviously not enough water, but with desalination plants powered by electricity, you can quickly have enough water. And not quickly, but all you need is to boil the water out. And that takes a lot of electricity, but not a ridiculous amount. Um, so in an age of prosperity, that transition is fascinating. And it's almost, there's this great uh, metaphor, aphorism, uh, fable, I guess, would be the best word that I can think of at the moment, of some, and I think it was written by Eliezer Yudkowsky, my favorite singularity thinker, uh, about when humans conquered death. And the fable is a dragon that every year eats a tenth of the population, and he's always there and everyone's aware of him, and people have come to appreciate the dragon and make art about the dragon. But when they finally build up the science and the capability to defeat the dragon, the king just weeps, thinking, I could have done this you know, a year sooner would have saved thousands and thousands of people or ten years sooner if I had really pushed and we should have been doing this so long and not appreciating that death was real, but finding a way to fix it. You can't simply see bad things as good things. Which seems counterintuitive to what I said earlier of appreciating your station in life. But there's something about forward progress in your station in life and looking back on the past to appreciate, but also being able to see forward for how you can continue to improve. My favorite software term is iterative development. It's just like a step at a time forward progress. And they also love to do uh, a minimum viable product where with Twitter you'll basically just make the ability to post words. Okay, that's viable. And then multiple people to post words. Okay, and making that scalable so millions of people can post words. Okay, and then pictures, and then videos, and then retweets, and then mentions, and then direct messaging. And building those steps on one at a time makes sure that the first thing you focus on is what's most important to you, and also being able to extend it later, not cutting off those pathways by your early design decisions. I think humans are figuring all this stuff out, and I think 
I really don't like the way I say I think so much. But spending time thinking about these things is beneficial to people. And so many people sit in cubicles punching numbers who will soon be unemployed that they will quickly have to come to terms with these things. Which is a good thing. Uh, as long as they have some sort of universal basic income to keep them alive. And I keep seeing more and more about this crazy little idea. I heard about Bitcoin in 2010 and universal basic income in 2012, and it seems like uh, those both seem prescient. Although I also wanted to get into side points, but I didn't. That's fair the Ethereum market cap shifting and all that shadiness and Litecoin and Dogecoin and... But it's cool. There's a lot of possibility left and there's some doom and gloom from the finance industry saying that all oh, these returns aren't going to keep up and these unicorns are overvalued, but when only a seventh of the world is even connected to the internet, if you could bring up the standard of living of the rest of the world, that's a lot of products to sell them. And the question is, where do they get the money? And my answer is, you give it to them. The money's always been imaginary since the Isle of Yap where they moved giant stones. But now that it's electrons on blockchains and bank records, I'll take anybody money, he giving it away. And this has been your Friday Commute. Uh, that's a reference from The Wire. I appreciate you listening. And if you weren't listening, I appreciate that you exist. Have a nice life. This is The Commute. Peace.